Hello and welcome to The Bitten Word. I'm Ashley. And I'm Christine. And today we are going to be talking about the Hulu show Only Murders in the Building. And we're going to be making a Denver omelet. So I hope that you guys have seen this show because it's great. Um, it's a I think it's pretty comedy. popular. It is. It's very popular. Um, in fact, it's like the most watched comedy premiere in Hulu history. Um, and it's like still one of the most viewed shows on Hulu. It's very popular. So hopefully a bunch of you have seen it. If you haven't, it is a comedy murder show, kind of spoofing slash love lettering um, true crime podcasts and like people's true crime obsession. It stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Uh, there are lots of other famous names that come up in uh, various small roles like uh, Nathan Lane and Paul Rudd was in the last episode of season two. And uh, you see Sting and what's her name? Amy Schumer, right? There's lots oh, yeah. and lots of people in the I don't show. remember Paul Rudd. Oh, he was the very, very last, like very last episode of season two, if that tells you anything. No, I don't remember <laughs> Okay, so it's a funny show. There's also mystery going on. It's only a half an hour long. Like, it's easy to binge. There are two seasons, and it's been picked up for a third. Uh, so you've got a bunch to watch at this point. Um, but if you Sarah Delevingne was in it. That's true. I'm remembering her. Yep. So if you haven't seen it, here is the premise. I'm not going to give you a synopsis, because I don't want to ruin any of the surprises for you, but... Here is the premise of the show. Former TV star Charles Hayden Savage, washed up theater producer Oliver Putnam, and a young artist named Mabel find themselves in the elevator at the same time at the end of their day. Oliver tries to make conversation with Mabel and Charles, but both ignore him until the three of them part ways to turn in for the night and unknowingly to each other tune into their shared favorite crime podcast, all is not okay in Oklahoma with Cindy Canning. Just as the podcast starts to get good, the fire alarm in the building goes off and everyone evacuates, but Charles spots a stranger in a pink, blue, and yellow tie-dye hoodie walking up the stairs instead of down. So I should have said walking up the stairs <laughs> instead of down. The trio reunites at a restaurant across the street and realize that they all listen to the same podcast and they discuss it over dinner. So this is how they like become friends. It's revealed that the building resident, Tim Kono, has been murdered during the fire alarm. The three decide to start their own true crime podcast and try to discover the truth of Tim Kono's murder while they're podcasting. Um, so each episode starts with like, you'll see the beginning credits and then it'll end with like, like you're watching a pot or listening to a podcast, like it'll have the title of the podcast. And at the bottom, it has the time of the podcast, which is actually the running time of each episode. So it's kind of fun to watch them because they are working through what's happening. They're finding clues and they're podcasting about it as it happens. So some interesting things about the show. Um, I did say how popular it is, right? So Steve Martin says that this is likely his last acting role. Uh, really? He says, 
Yeah. He said he's done after this, that he will not be actively seeking anything after this. Um, and that he's probably done. I mean, I guess he's pretty old. Well, he's but... in his seventies, I think. Yeah. It's also his first regular starring role on a TV show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because he never actually was like, I think people associate him with Saturday Night Live, but he was not a regular cast member on Saturday Night Live. He was just mm. a host a bunch of times. Okay. Because he was already like a stand-up comedian in his own right. But this is also, you've probably seen Steve Martin and Martin Short collaborate a lot. This yeah. this is their sixth collaboration. That's it. Um, they, that's it. I know. They met on the set of The Three Amigos. And they've been friends ever since. So that's been like more than 30 years. Like, and they were talking about how it was like, they laughed, they were both clowns and they made each other laugh. And then they started like calling each other. And then they started like going out to dinner and then they started going on family vacations together. So they're dating. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they, they did like, apparently they're such good friends that they do like family vacations, you know? That's that's fun. I always wish I had a friend who was like a good enough friend that, or like, not just that I have a good friend, but like our families are friends. Like we have yeah. kids all the same age and like, you know, our husbands like each other and then we can all go on vacay and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The, be the best I've um, had to settle for is my friend whose husband went to Japan on his mission and he is like a big introvert too. And I was like, why don't we all go to Japan together? Then he can translate for us and we know what's going on and we can talk to each other, but he and Will don't have to talk to each other. And it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> they have fun. I'm sure their families must have a great time on these family vacations. <laughs> um, so the character of Cinda Canning is based on or like her podcast is based on the podcast Serial, which I have no, still not it? listened to. Yeah. No, I've never listened to Serial either. Oh, you haven't? Okay. So I guess Cinda Canning sounds like Sarah Koenig, who does the podcast. I was like, you mean because it's like a sk? <laughs> like, I was going to say, do we mean really that is? her voice sounds like her voice or that the names sound alike? I think the names are supposed to sound alike, but yeah. So the podcast itself, I guess, is supposed to be based on serial, like something just really popular. You do a whole season long about like one crime that happened, you know, but there's also, so with Cinda Canning, there's like a running joke throughout the series that she only hires people who like look like her. Um, and sometimes like even have similar names. So she has a person working for her named Cindy. And this person, she's played by Anne Stringfield, I think her name is. And she's actually Steve Martin's wife. And they are, they like make jokes about the fact that she looks like Tina Fey all the time. Like Tina Fey has made jokes in public about Steve Martin you know, like, oh, I'm, you've been such an inspiration to me and thank you so much for helping me out and for marrying the younger, skinnier version of me, you know, stuff oh, like that. Funny. Oh, and okay. So remember how we said in our Elf episode a few weeks ago about how it was hard for them to film sometimes in New York City with um, Will Ferrell, like in his costume, because he would like cause traffic accidents and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, it was also really hard to film scenes with Selena Gomez in New York 
because she had so many fans that would just like circle around where they were filming and they would chant her name that she could like they had a really hard time getting any scenes done um so i guess she's like way more popular than i thought she was i was just about to say is selena gomez actually that popular i guess but oh my gosh you guys she's so monotone like i she's horrible Sometimes I have the worst time with this because I'm like, you are not acting. You have no facial expressions. You have no vocal expressions. It's like so rare that it happens. <laughs> and she like doesn't even open her mouth when she talks. Her teeth no. are clenched the whole time. Yeah. And it's funny because like, okay, so I don't think I've ever seen her actually in any other acting roles. Like I never watched Wizards of Waverly Place and I can't think of anything else that she's been in except for Hotel Transylvania. And in Hotel Transylvania, she's like, I do cute. like her in that. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's because she's voice acting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were like, you have to play this up because you're voice acting yeah. and you know, you have to give it more than what you would if you could see your face. Um, but she's like a so- singer too. And so I wonder if maybe she's just more comfortable, like behind, you know, the camera, or like when you can't see her maybe but i would assume that as a singer she's done concerts and stuff yeah that's true performative things and and also because on wizards of waverly place she was on a tv show you know like i don't know anyway sometimes i have a hard time standing her in the (laughs) the show I, i agree i i don't think she's very good in the show um but a lot of people really like her i guess so whatevs um, but the funniest thing about that is that she had no idea who Martin Short was when she got cast. Really? Like, yeah. She said, like, she knew kind of who Steve Martin was, and he knew kind who of, she whatever. was. Yeah. He knew who she was, but he'd never like seen her actually do anything. Like he'd never watched her shows and stuff, but he knew who she was. But they said that somebody asked her, like, what did you do? What was your reaction when you found out that you were going to be on a show with Martin Short? And she was like, I Googled him. (laughs) Man, what a bummer. That's funny. That's funny to me, though, because she's my age. She was born the same year as me. And I know who Martin Short and Steve Martin are. (laughs) I think she was also one of the people at the end of the Muppets movie that they made a while ago who showed up at the end and was like, I don't know what's going on. My producers just told me to come here or like whatever, like my agent just told me to show up here. Like, and it, and it was supposed to be this thing. Like she didn't know who the Muppets were, but I'm like, I grew up with the Muppets. Like how does somebody my age not know who the Muppets are? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. I agree. I, yeah. I don't know how she would not know who Martin short is. Like he's, he's too much in everything (laughs) the santa claus three he's in a bunch of tv shows in like bit parts yeah well father of the bride and okay so father of the bride yeah i'm always thinking of like um oh shoot what i'm gonna forget the name of it now but the the movie that we used to watch a lot maybe you were too young for this like and i at least it was clifford clifford that's right okay yes like nobody knows that movie, right? But Clifford I think it's like so free in my brain. Stupid. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I have not it's watched so that in years. I haven't either. 
But I do remember that there was like a certain part at the beginning of that movie that Blake and I would like rewind over and over again. <laughs> Loved it so much. It was so was funny. It, was it the part and where it, he, the kid landed on him when he jumped out of the tree? Yeah, when he falls yeah. out of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're laughing at it. <laughs> it is. It's so, well, it's funny. It's it's funny, stupid. It's oh, speaking of funny, stupid movies, I heard today. An interesting nugget while I was watching Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, they are making History of the World Part 2. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's, yeah, it's done. Like, production has wrapped. And it was written by Mel Brooks. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's going to be have to, But they have to do the stuff that they teased for Part yeah, 2. Yeah, they better. So back to Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> Uh, oh, also, if you haven't seen History of the World Part 1, you should probably get on that. It's going to be a TV show. Sorry, just... Oh, a TV show. Interesting. I guess that would work because it's all like little vignettes, right? Yeah. Of like times and things. So that would work out. It's a good format for it. Um, okay, so apparently the costumes were very carefully crafted to like help us understand the character's mood and even their inner desires at certain points. Uh, she said that as like the costume person said that as the season went on, like the first season, their costumes became more vulnerable, which I did not notice. And now I want to go back and watch I, it. And be like, what is a vulnerable costume? Yeah, like in what way? I'm like the only. I'm like I remember her wearing jumpsuits and boots. <laughs> yeah, like everything's really baggy, and she wears like hairy clothes. And like, I pretty much hated everything she wore, but like so. Steve Martin's character was is well known for a particular like detective that he played on TV. And so he dresses like that detective kind of um, to kind of show like that he's stuck a little bit in the past and yeah. that desire is kind of the whatever. Um, but my the best thing about this is that they they developed like a little quirk for Martin Short's character. And they were like, okay, he only wears clothes that Timothy Chalamet would also wear. <laughs> so every time That's they funny. pull something up, they would put it up and be like, would Timothy wear this? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny because that's not how I would have done it. I would have pulled up pictures of Timothy Chalamet and then like yeah. dressed him based on those pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was curious because I was like, I don't know anything about Timothy Chalamet except that I watched Dune, you know, like that's yeah. the only thing that I know about him and that he's going to play Willy Wonka. But, um, what? So I looked oh yeah. They're doing like a prequel called Wonka. That's him meeting the Oompa Loompas and he's playing Wonka. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Which, if he acts it the same way that he did in Dune, I don't, I don't think it's going to work very well. But if he's he's got a little bit more range than what he showed in Dune, and that was just like that character, then I think it'll be okay. Well, I um, liked him in Little Women, and I just watched Don't Look Up the other day, and he played kind of a dork in Don't Look Up, and he was and he was cute in that role. Okay, but anyway, so I looked up his like faction and i guess for a long time he was wearing those like really colorful suits which is what oliver putnam wears now he's like wearing a little bit more outlandish things like halter jumpsuits and stuff but but there was a long time where he was just wearing very outlandish suits 
I when you said you looked up his fashion, you cut out for a second, and I thought you said faction, and I was like, <laughs> "What's his faction?" I was like, "What are I'm like What are the factions nowadays?" <laughs> that's funny um okay so let's talk about the scene for this denver omelet so we actually see it um happen i think a couple of times in the first episode where steve martin who is alone um and obviously pretty lonely he's home in his apartment and he will make a denver omelet and then throw it in the trash and we're all like what is this weird behavior (laughs) Why is he making an omelet and throwing it in the trash? And then there's a scene where his neighbor knocks on his door. They live in an apartment building. And he talks to him for a minute and he says, hey, I could smell you making Denver omelets. It reminds me of Lucy. And all it like, you can see Steve Martin's face. He's kind of like getting uncomfortable. He's it's a little bit painful for him. And so now we're like, well, who's Lucy? You know, um, And it turns out eventually that Lucy is the daughter of his ex who used to live with him and that he had a really good relationship with her and that he would make Denver omelets with her and eat them all the time. Um, and so I think the food here is one, able to give us some backstory. Uh, because the neighbor can come up and say, hey, that reminds me of Lucy. And then we're like, wait, who's Lucy, you know? So it furthers the story along and it gives us a little bit more depth to his character. But I think it also kind of shows, I guess, kind of like his costume does, that his his mindset is still very much in the past. He misses Lucy and he regrets, you know, that she is not in his life anymore. And so instead of like, talking to her or something like that he just kind of lives in that memory but then throws it away which is like kind of sad and metaphorical in some way that I'm having a hard time articulating (laughs) yeah well it's like it's like he wants to recreate those moments but then it's like at the end of it it's like it's him going like no that's a painful memory yeah yeah that is what it is, I think. So there is a really cool scene later in the episode. So everybody, all three of these characters are kind of going through their own stuff. They're kind of lonely. They have kind of, you know, dealt with some disappointments and things. And then there's this scene towards the end where they decide, okay, we're going to do the podcast. So you see Oliver coming out of his son's house and his son has kind of been like, no, because he was asking for money. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't help you. Um, Not again, you know, kind of a thing. And he's, it's obvious he has a little bit of a strained relationship with his son and he's been having a hard time getting work in the theater. And so he comes out uh, and is standing on his son's porch and he gets a phone call that says, yes, Let's do the podcast. And all of a sudden you see his whole demeanor change and Claire de Lune starts playing and everything kind of goes into slow motion. And you see that he he falls off of the porch and onto the grass, but bounces off the grass and comes back onto the porch. So it's like a metaphorical bounce back, right? Like all of a sudden things have turned around. 
got yeah. a good change going on and I'm excited. And then it cuts to Selena Gomez and she has a diamond ring in her hand. And I forget the significance of the diamond ring, but I think maybe it was a clue or it was, it was- she, I think she found it in Tim Kona's apartment. Yeah. And so, but that's like something new. And so it's the podcast is going to be, you know, something that can kind of help her connect with people and stuff. And so the ring falls out of her hand and bounces off of the floor back into her hand. So that's her metaphorical bounce back. And then it cuts to Steve Martin and he is in his kitchen and he has an egg, just like a sunny side up or fried egg on in the pan. And he drops the pan and the pan bounces back up into his hand. And instead of having made a Denver omelet, He's made a fried egg that he does not throw away and he puts it on his plate. So that's his metaphorical bounce back is I'm not going to be living in the past anymore. I'm going to live now and for myself and I'm going to eat this egg. That's funny. I don't think I obviously was not paying a lot of attention when I watched this movie because you or the show because you keep saying stuff and I'm like that happened Um, because I don't because I remember specifically the scenes you're talking about, but I, I don't think I realized that it changed from an omelet to like a fried egg. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And the significance is huge for that, that instead of being stuck in the past with the Denver omelet, he's now going to eat a fried egg instead. (laughs) He's going to actually eat it instead of just throwing it in the trash, which I would have a really hard time doing to be honest. You know, well, I didn't even want to eat my omelet, but I, I ate the whole thing because I couldn't just throw it. (laughs) So let's talk about omelets. So omelets are thought to originate in ancient Persia and that there were versions of it in ancient Rome as well. I feel like Persia is a new one for us. It's not the Ottoman Empire. Is it not? Is it not? I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Well, Persia is Iran. Iran, right? Where's the know. Ottoman Empire? I don't. I'm okay. like, I don't know. <laughs> we like to sound smart and say things like Ottoman Empire, but we have no idea what's going on. Okay, but now they're very much associated with French cooking as well as like American diners. But the two kinds of omelets are different. I was just about the to say French- those are like the two ends of the spectrum for like culinary food yeah you know for like (laughs) culinary practices the french and american diners yeah well that that's kind of how it is right but so in france omelets are eaten at all times of day like they're eaten for lunch they're eaten for dinner they're not just a breakfast food kind of like we feel like in america you mean like omelette du fromage yes (laughs) correct omelette du fromage so they're soft. The eggs are not fully set when you like fold it over and take it out on the plate because it will still cook a little bit once you take it off the plate and set the eggs. Um, soft, less eggs and less filling as well as Amer- than American omelets. Um, American omelets tend to be thicker, meaning generally more eggs and like fluffier too because we tend to put like milk or something in there. Um, crispier because we burn it basically and they have a lot more fillings so also just in case you have not eaten an omelet but I'm pretty sure that you have or at least you know what they are they 
are made from beaten eggs that are fried thinly and then filled with usually cheese, but any number of items can go in, like basically anything you want to put in there. Lots of veggies like bacon, ham, spinach, mushrooms, peppers. (laughs) I like how you said lots of veggies, bacon, ham. Yeah. And then I started it on (laughs) bacon, ham. (laughs) But I've seen all kinds of different things. Cream cheese, you know, avocados, um, chicken. You can make them with egg whites, although that's gross. Just like all kinds of stuff. So there is still a dish um, that is uh, Iranian that is called kukusabzi. That is a very, very herbaceous, like green leafy filled egg dish. It's so like, there's so much in there that it's green. Like it looks dark green. It doesn't look like eggs with some spinach in it. Yeah. I've never had it, but I have a recipe for it because um, if you guys have either have the cookbook or have watched the Netflix show, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, uh, Samin Nazrat is Iranian and she has a recipe for this in Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat that I have yet to make, but I would like to. Okay, so the word omelet, and or at least like what the predecessor to the word omelet was, and like recipes for omelets were first seen in France in like the 1300s. So very old. The word omelet itself, I think, first came into use in the 1700s, once again in France. Oh, in a book called Cuisine Bourgeoisie. Nice. <laughs> so it's a bourgeois food. Did you know that Alexandre Dumas wrote a cookbook? No, that's awesome. He did. <laughs> and he includes several variations of omelets, including a sweet one that Ooh. is made with sugar and rum and then rolled and sprinkled with powdered sugar. That sounds disgusting. It sounds like a crepe. It does Isn't sound it? like a crepe. But like rum has just the most horrible smell yeah well um well pretty much anytime there's like alcohol in desserts even if the alcohol is burned off the flavor is just like you know i don't want it it's gross but yeah so if you don't know alexander dumas is um he wrote like the three musketeers and count of monte cristo um, monte cristo there we go that's what i was thinking of and so Quite a famous novelist, right? But apparently he also wrote a cookbook. Nice. There's also a story about Napoleon that when he was traveling through a small town in France, somebody made him an omelet and he was like, wow, this is so amazing that you need to take every single egg in this entire town and make a giant omelet for my army tomorrow. (laughs) Which one why was he so impressed with the omelet? Cause he probably had eaten one before if it, like, but two, that sounds like a very Napoleon thing to do. Well, and why a giant omelet as opposed to like a bunch of omelets? I don't know, but it started an annual festival in this town, Bessier in France. And they still do it where every year they make a giant omelet for the whole town to enjoy. So. That's funny. Um, what do you think he enjoyed more? That omelet he had in the town or the Ziggy Piggy? (laughs) Ziggy Piggy for for sure. (laughs) Uh,
So the Denver omelet specifically started as a sandwich, but it was just the omelet between two pieces of bread. So <laughs> like, I guess. Okay. Whose idea was that? I don't know. I think I've done that before, like an omelet sandwich, just like with a thin, just cheese omelet so that like the cheese gets melty and stuff. Um, and you fold it up and put it in two pieces of bread. But I mean, I don't I guess know. That's I'm like, not as you... weird as I'm thinking, but I just am not an egg person. So it's not something I would think uh, to do. I guess that's true. Um, but it is the flavors included in the Denver omelet are cheese, generally cheddar, ham, onions, and green pepper, and then sometimes mushrooms. There is a traditional tale that suggests that it was made to suppress the stale flavor of the eggs brought by wagon freight. I thought you were going to say to like oppress a people or something. And I was like, how are we oppressing people with omelets? (laughs) Oppressing people. Oh, because I said suppress. You said suppress (laughs) and my brain supplied like to oppress the the poor population. Have free eggs. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, the funny thing about this is that I think people still use, okay, so Christine and I both don't like bell peppers. Um, I just don't think they're yummy. They're not roasted red peppers are not yummy. Like they're just not yummy, but I have noticed that whenever there is like a lack of flavor in anything, most particularly in like frozen microwave meals like lean cuisines or something they add peppers that's true i have never thought about that before but you are absolutely right yeah because if there's no flavor to anything the peppers always keep their flavor and that way there's some flavor but it becomes like an overwhelming flavor i think that's all you can taste very much so um and it's nasty and i don't like peppers so this makes sense to me that they would use peppers to mask the stale egg flavor because that's what peppers do they they add some semblance of flavor where there is none or where it tastes gross and stale like it's been freezer burnt because it has okay and with that it is time for us to try our denver omelet okay so caveat here first of all neither of us like peppers (laughs) second of all my husband really hates onions So my omelet, I did have a red pepper, although traditionally it is a green pepper in Denver omelets. But oh, really? I, yeah. But I looked up what the sweetest pepper was and it said red. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I got a red pepper. I did put in ham. I did not put in any onions because my husband was going to be eating it. And also because I just never buy onions because I don't use them. He doesn't eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my omelet. I did have cheddar. Uh, Christine's omelet was a little more interesting. <laughs> I okay. I forgot that we were recording today, and so I did not have a pepper, and I did not have ham, um, and so I did have an onion. So I put onion in it, and I did not have like a block of cheddar or like pre-shredded cheddar. All I had were like Colby Jack cheese sticks that like I put in my kids' lunch, and so I shredded one of those, and it was shredded okay, and it ended up being like totally fine. But it was yeah. a little, it was a little weird to like shred a cheese stick. So I actually really enjoyed my omelet, except for the peppers. 
like I ate it with the peppers because it's supposed to have peppers, but I knew that I wasn't going to like them. (laughs) But the ham and the cheese and the omelet, I like a good ham and cheese omelet. So that worked out well for me. I thought it was, you know, good minus the peppers. Mine was not bad. I made, so I figured if I was going to do an omelet for the show, I might as well do it right, especially since I left out half the ingredients. (laughs) And so I made like the culinary school omelet, um, which is like, you know, where they sit there and go, this is the right way to make a French omelet, you know, and like yell at you and it's a whole thing. Um, (laughs) And so mine was very tender. It was a little bit jammy because like, because like Ashley said, it's not, the eggs are not totally set when you fold it over and it's supposed to like be just barely cooked. So it's like mm-hmm. very soft. Um, and I just do not prefer my eggs that way. And so like it was okay, but I did not love it. And my house smelled like eggs for like two hours after that. So it was good, but not my favorite. Also with the caveat that I just am not an egg person. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Okay, so why don't you tell them what we are rating for time? So for time, we are awarding trois baguettes. Um, it's it really just is not a time consuming thing. I mean, even if you do it like the right way, where you like crack your eggs in a bowl and whisk them up and mix in all your stuff, like it's just all you're doing really is you have an extra dish. It just doesn't take that long. So for ease, we are going to award deux baguettes because they can be tricky. Um, eggs in general can be tricky. I still have never successfully poached an egg. Um, they're hard. Yeah, they're really hard. So omelets can be tricky. They can get overcooked very easily. Um, and yeah, so not super hard, but can be a little tricky to get like the right consistency, I guess, of your eggs in particular. And then what are we awarding for taste? So for taste, we're awarding de baguette. Um, this is something where it's like, it's not bad, but it's not amazing. And like when you include the peppers, they just kind of like take over the whole dish. Um, egg, I feel like is really susceptible to other flavors while still being super eggy. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very weird one, but it's just, I don't know. It's very like meh on the radar. I feel like. Well, omelets themselves I mean, I know that you are not an egg person, but I like omelets. Like if I'm at a hotel and they have an omelet bar, I'm like, sweet, I'm there. You know, I do like hotel omelet bars more than I like my omelets. No, that's interesting. Maybe it's just because you're not making it. I th- <laughs> Yes, I think that's part of it. And also just because like they have more ingredients that I like. Yeah, because they have more toppings and things. That's always my problem with omelets at home is like, then you have to buy a bunch of ingredients that you're only using a little bit of, and then they're just going to sit in your fridge and go bad. Yeah. Um, But omelets themselves are good. I just, this particular omelet, mostly because of the peppers. And then also because the onions aren't like caramelized, you know, they're, they're just kind of still crunchy, which I don't super love. Um, Not my favorite flavor profile for an omelet. I do really like a good ham and cheese omelet though. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of ham, but ham in omelets is really good. Um, You're right about the onions, though. That wasn't really something I had thought about, but it is. They're just like straight up raw onions. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and I don't love raw onions. I like them to be cooked down and soft. So So don't poo-poo omelets. And if you like 
crunchy onions and you like bell peppers, which a lot of people do, then maybe you actually would really like a Denver omelet. So maybe you should give it a try anyway. And that's it for today with only murders in the building and our Denver omelet. You can join us on social media on Instagram at the bitten word podcast and on Twitter at the bitten pod. You can also email us at the bitten word podcast at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at the bitten word podcast.weebly.com. And you can get recipes there. We'll have pictures in all these places. You can tell us if you've watched the show or what you think of the podcast or anything that you like, we would love to hear from you. We would also really love it if you have a second, if you could go and give us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, that would really help us out to be able to be seen a little bit more. We have seen a little bit of growth in the last little bit. And so we appreciate your help with that. Join us in a couple of weeks. We are going to have a new episode for you about the Pixar movie, Turning Red. And we're making a bunch of stuff. What are we making? Um, it's actually not that much. It's so it's bow and then there's like a pork belly lettuce like stir fry. Okay, so that will be a good time. So we look forward to seeing you and until then, happy watching and bon appetit. <laughs>